0: I was hopeless,
1: I knew I was lost, and death and darkness were my only songs. I needed someone to come rescue me. Then my Real love, I thank you, Jesus. You washed my sins away. Oh, now I'm living like I'm forgiven. You came and set me free. That's what Your mercy did for me. You gave me beauty for my guilty stays By day, by your grace And so excuse me If I can't contain my praise Oh, you know that I've been saved Lord, you found me You healed me You called me from the grave You gave me a real love I thank you, Jesus Wash my sins away. Oh, now I'm living like I'm forgiven. You came and set me free. That's what Your mercy did for me. Your mercy, me. That's what your mercy did for me. That's what your mercy did for me. That's what your mercy did for me. Lord, we just thank you today for uh, each one that is here. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your
2: house to worship you. Lord, we just want to lift you up. We want to praise you, Lord. We want to pray for Brother Darrell as he comes to deliver your word. God, speak to our hearts in a special way today. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: This time of desperation when all we know is doubt and fear there is only one foundation we believe, we believe. this broken generation When all is dark you help us see There is only one salvation We believe We believe We believe Now we know Your love will
2: never fail We believe, we believe We believe in God the Father We
1: believe in Jesus Christ We believe in the Holy Spirit And He's given us new life We believe in the crucifixion We believe that He conquered death
2: get to the text in just a minute, I will go ahead and announce it. Go ahead and turn with me in your Bible, Matthew chapter 2, 19 through 23. That's not the title page that we usually see. We will get to that in just a minute, but Matthew chapter 2, 19 through 23. I want to do this first, this uh, scripture on the screen. We're going to pray. Uh, It's kind of where I'm at. I've been this place about a week or two about the Holy Spirit. Speaking to people, personally. I'm going to refer to John chapter 10 quite a bit in the message, I think. And this is Jesus talking about the good shepherd and the sheep hear his voice. And we're going to talk more about that. Uh, We're going to pray, and the prayer doesn't necessarily have so much to do with the message. But when I was looking at John 10 again, Ran across this verse and so much what's on my mind. Uh, And other sheep, Jesus said, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. Here's what I want you to see. And they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Uh, They will hear my voice. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Listening, hearing Jesus' voice. Okay, that's going to be us. We're going to talk about that. But there are a lot of people who aren't here who are on my heart and yours. And so what I want to do before we get into the message, I want to pray first. And I want want you to think about this, and you let the Holy Spirit deal with you about this if this is a way that you want to pray. We did this on Wednesday night. What I asked the, the folks there to do that were in my small group, So I I want you to pray that, I want you to think of somebody that's on your mind who needs spiritual help. That's a big range, isn't it? But it may be somebody who's lost and without Christ, just completely lost, and they need spiritual help. It may be a Christian who's struggling, a Christian who's going backward Instead of forward. They may think they're staying the same. But they're actually not. They're going backward. And maybe they don't see it. But you do. You see it in them. And I hope. It's kind of a strange thing to say. Isn't it? But I hope you've got somebody on your mind. Who is struggling spiritually. If you don't. You need to find someone. Because there are plenty out there. You need to, we, all of us, need to be active in this way. Somebody on my mind who is struggling spiritually. Most of those people who you will choose and think of right now, and I want you to do that right now. I want you to think of it right now. Most of those people will probably not be here. They're probably somewhere else doing something else. And I... I don't care if you do that. Just try to imagine what that person, like I've got somebody on my mind. I've got two people on my mind right now. I'm trying to imagine, what are they doing right now? What what are they doing? And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit, that voice, would speak to them right now, right where they are. If it uh, happens to be somebody who's actually in the room, that's fine too, in this room, that the Holy Spirit would speak to them right where they are right now. When the Master, when Jesus, when the Holy Spirit speaks, He does it in a way that no one else can do. He reaches down into the heart and soul where no one else can reach. So I'm simply asking you to pick somebody out, have them on your mind while you pray, and be praying for them that wherever they are right now, whatever they're doing, that they would hear the voice of Jesus speaking to them. I know it's not going to be an audible voice, but they would hear it and feel it that God is dealing with me. God is speaking to me and he can do it wherever they are. They don't have to be in church for that to take place. And I hope that you keep doing that. that as you're praying for that person that you're concerned about that the holy, that they will listen to the voice of God right where they are. Father, we come in Jesus name. And I want you to I'm asking you to help us be concerned about people around us who are some are lost and without Christ. They don't know Jesus as their Savior, and they don't care. Father, that you would speak to them right where they are. Now, they're not going to understand that. They're not even going to know what, what's going on. But the Holy Spirit is, is speaking to them. There's that voice that's speaking to them in their heart. And there are, there are Christians who are going backward. And they know the truth, and they know what the voice of God sounds like to their heart, but they haven't heard it for a long time. And that they would be still right now, right where they are, and that they would recognize that voice that's speaking to them again, right where they are. Father, I pray for that person who's in spiritual need, that you would speak to them right now, wherever they are, whatever's going on in their life if that person is in this room, that your Holy Spirit would speak to them and that they would hear that voice. They probably don't even get it. They probably don't even understand it. But they just know that something's going on. I pray for that. And Father, help me help me to keep praying that way, to keep praying, to not give up, and to trust you that God's going to do his perfect work and will. I pray for this person who's in spiritual need, I pray for them right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. If you have your Bible, Matthew 2, 19 through 23. I'm going to continue with the story in the book of Matthew. Um, previous weeks, Joseph has been awo- awakened in a dream and told to leave. So Mary, Joseph, and Jesus have fled Bethlehem had went to Egypt to live until Herod dies, and um, on the screen, I want to do this before we lose the title page. A lot of telephone poles. I want you to look at the first four poles, and as we go through the message this morning, I want you to imagine if you would if you would move yourself and stand behind the first pole in such a way that the poles line up. So you, you would move, of course you can see all four right now, but you move behind the first one to where all four poles line up, to where you really, to you, you're seeing just one pole. And that's what we're going to talk about, is as God directs us to line things up in such a way that we it's seeing just one pole. That's the will of God. That's what God wants me to do. Okay? So, uh, back to the text. Let's just read this. They, uh, Mary Joseph and Jesus, have been in Egypt to escape the wrath of Herod, and now they are coming home, but not really. So, verse 19 Now, when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judah, uh, instead, Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned by God in a dream again, he turned aside into the region of Galilee and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene God's guidance. We've seen this before an angel appearing to Joseph in a, in a dream. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but that's the message today is God guiding me, which way to go. When, when, you would think, or I would think, and I wish it was this way, but why didn't the angel just tell Joseph, before they left for Egypt even, you're going to go to e- Egypt, and then you're going to return, and you're going to wind up in a city called N- N- Nazareth. Why didn't he just spell that all out for him? Because uh, God rarely does that with any of us, okay? Um he had a chance to explain a little bit more to Joseph, but the angel doesn't do that. And Joseph has to do this and get through this and make decisions like all of us do kind of day by day, step by step. We're going to look at a scripture, Psalm uh, 119, 105. There's an outline of this on the back side of your announcements if you like to use that. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I wish God would explain my journey and my path years ahead. But he doesn't do that. How do, He directs me. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So how is he doing that? Step by step. I can probably count on one hand and have some, have some fingers left of the number of times that God has shown me years ahead what would take place. He just doesn't do that. And in Scripture, over and over, as you read the the stories, he he does it that way. Why not just explain to Joseph how it's all going to... He just doesn't do that, okay? So, step by step, God (laughs) leads him. A little bit about dreams. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here, but in Acts chapter 2, because up to this point... Almost entirely, the direction that God gives Joseph is by dreams. Uh, Acts chapter 2, Peter is preaching, and it said, It shall come to pass, and he quotes from Joel, It shall come to pass on the last day, says, God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Not going to stay here long. We're going to move on, but... Dreaming dreams is a way that God can speak to us. Uh, I was trying to guess, I don't even know how many, quite a few things that I preach come from dreams. Okay, I suspect that's a little unusual. Okay, I don't think, I'm not trying at all to tell you that you should dream more. All right, that just simply is a way that God does speak to me from time to time, not often. Uh, I seem to know when a dream is from God and when it's not, and I have no need to go in go into that. But I just to say that I still do believe that God can speak to us through dreams. Uh, Peter would have dreams. Paul would have them. Uh, okay, but that's not the common, and it doesn't happen a lot. It seems to me. So we're going to move on on your outline, and I'm going to borrow a. Uh, a teaching, uh, Henry Blackaby wrote the book Ex- Experiencing God. Okay, I'm not into uh, trying to reinvent the wheel. Uh, he did about as good a job on experiencing God in such a way that you understand the will of God for your life and you understand direction that God has for you. And it's about lining up the telephone poles, okay? Um, we're going to deal with things that are, well, they are on your outline. I'm not going to put all this on the screen right now. But it's God's, God's word, it's prayer, the circumstances, and then the church. And align those four things up. And it's about as best as I can find of being able to discern and understand, okay, this is the path, this is the turn, this is the decision that God wants, wants me to make. We uh, we teach experiencing God through small groups. I've done I've taught that uh, two or two or three times. It's been it's been a while, and we just do it as as people uh, ask for it. If you would like to be in a small group and experiencing God, small group, just let me know. Okay. So we're going to move on the first part of experiencing God, understanding the direction for your life is God's Word. I'm going to spend the most time on prayer. Okay? I'm not going to spend a lot of time elsewhere. God's Word. I think these, in my view, these are an order of importance. God's Word. Uh, simply put, we believe that, that God's Word is the truth. We take it as, as God's direction for our life. When I don't know what to do, When I don't know the direction to take, when I'm not sure which turn, which decision, I look into God's word first. Uh, Nothing new here. I want you to eventually, I want you to read God's word from beginning to end. As Christians, if we say we believe God's Word, we ought to read God's Word. So I want you to read God's Word from beginning to end. However you do that, that's, that's up to you. That's what I call reading the Bible fast. Read it from the beginning to end. Read the Bible slow, where you take a verse, a chapter, study it more in depth. My experience is that as God has tried to lead me from turn and twists that there are in the journey of life, there's a story, there's a principle in God's Word to help me, to direct me, okay? Um, Almost every problem I've ever had, when I stop, I think about it, I think, okay, what is there in the Bible that addresses the situation? Hardly ever have I ran across something that there's not a story, a principle, something that someone taught that does not address the situation. Okay, so turn to God's word first. Not going to spend a lot of time there because we spend a lot of time there every every week. The next one is uh, prayer. I want to spend more time here because for me this morning, right now, this is kind of the hinge that turns that turns the door. Okay, prayer. Uh, I'm going to refer to John 10. Here's the thing with prayer. A lot of things with prayer. But here's one. John 10, a voice that at times sounds like yours, a voice that sounds like the shepherd. What that means, in John 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The sheep, my sheep, hear my voice. He said, Now there are strangers who are pretending to be the shepherd. There are strangers who are trying to climb into the sheepfold some other way. But the good shepherd goes through the door of the the sheepfold. All right. Others, the thieves, the pretenders, the imitators that's a a good word. The, The imitators are trying to climb up some other way. Here's the thing. You're looking for direction in your life. You're, you're, you're looking into God's word. You're, you're giving God's word the chance. All right. The thing about God's word is that it's, uh, it gives principles and stories. It will not probably, maybe, address your specific issue that day at that time. Okay. Um, God, I don't know which job to take. God, I don't know uh, who I should date. Uh, You know, just just on uh, just on and on. That 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 specific thing, getting down really specific, may not be addressed specifically in God's word. So we pray. Okay, I I agree with the principle of God's word. I I I think I'm on track there. I I think the jobs maybe that I had offered me or the, per, the people I have to date, they line up with God's word, but specifically I don't know which one to take I don't know which choice to make I don't know which direction to take boy, I've been there and this is one of those things we could just go on and on and on, so uh, if, we're, if we're matching up with the principle of God's word, then the next thing God, I, I, I still don't know I still don't know which specific thing I'm supposed to do. So we start to pray. Praying is me talking to God, and then it's listening for God to speak to me. Now, this right here, I'm very aware that in the world we live in, the culture we live in, that a lot of people make fun of us for saying that God speaks to us. There was a uh, presidential candidate, I cannot remember who he was, but there was a presidential ca- candidate who pretty much lost the election because the question to him, a reporter asked him, Do you pray? And he said, Yes. And the reporter asked him, Do you speak to God? And he said, Yes. And then the reporter asked him, Does God speak back to you? And he said, Yes. Uh oh. So now you hear voices. Yeah, okay. He just ruined it, you know. Our culture doesn't get it. And I hope that you do. God doesn't speak to me in an audible voice. I've never heard the audible voice of God. But God does speak to me. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, when we get there, I I call it a strong impression upon the soul. Speaking to my heart, my soul, however you can explain that. There's a mystery to it, but it's listening for the voice of the shepherd. In John 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. Now, there are other pretenders. There are other imitators out there. Here's the issue. There are other voices out there. And you have the responsibility to distinguish between the voices. See, it's not that we just hear the voice of God, but there are other voices out there too. And now now's the Christian's responsibility, but I want to hear the voice of Jesus. I want to know what, what Jesus wants me to do. I heard a preacher uh, a couple weeks ago He said it. I I don't agree with it because of the way he said it. But he was talking about Satan's voice. Satan comes to us and he whispers, right? He uh, whispers in our ear too. And he said that Satan's voice always sounds like yours. That Satan's voice always sounds like yours. Well, that's not true. Uh, Eve, when she was in the in the garden, was speaking to the serpent. She knew it was a serpent, and speaking to him. All right, Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, tempted by Satan, Satan was talking to Jesus. Jesus knew this was Satan. It wasn't Jesus' voice. It wasn't, it wasn't Eve's, Eve's voice. So I know that's not always true. That was the mistake that he made when he said that Satan speaks to When Satan speaks to you, it's always in your voice. I do think that sometimes, sometimes it is. A voice that at times sounds like yours. A voice that at times sounds like yours. Like, I I want to do this so bad, and I want to choose this so bad, and I want to make that decision so bad, and you talk yourself into it. And it almost sounds like God is doing it. Because you want to do it so badly, you want it so badly, it it, uh, your will wants it so bad that you convince yourself that it's God's will. Be careful. Be careful of the voice that at times sounds like yours. The devil is an imitator. He's a thief. The only reason he comes is to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to climb up some other way. Now, when Jesus said that the, the sheep hear the shepherd's voice, but there are other voices out there, and they won't follow them, they'll follow the shepherd. But the point is that there are other voices out there, and you've got to be careful. So what we're doing here is we're trying to distinguish, okay, I've got a decision to make, I've got a direction to take. I want to be sure that this is God leading me to do it, and not me doing it. See, prayer is the hinge of the door. And we're going to move on, and and there's, there's a reason to, because we're trying to distinguish here. I want to be sure that it's just not me wanting to do it. So, a voice that at times sounds like yours. A voice that at times sounds like the shepherd. Where Satan is an imitator, casting his voice to make it sound like God. Here's the thing. I want all of you to get to this point. As you grow in Jesus, it's gonna, you will grow to where your temptations are not always, in fact, it will be less and less, a choice between good and bad. We all start there. Where the temptations in life is between good and bad. I think you'll see, I I think you do see, that as you grow in Christ, it will become less of that. Where the bad is not as much a temptation. Now please, I don't want anybody to leave here and say that, that, that you ever get to that point where bad is no longer a temptation. That's not true. But as you grow in Christ, the bad just doesn't tempt you as much as it used to. So what's the struggle? The struggle as you grow in Christ, is not so much the bad as it is choices between good. Sometimes we say it like this: The, the choice is between good and the best. and making and trying to that's harder. Because there's, there's two jobs, there's two people, there's two relationships, or three or four. And, there, and there's all these choices, and they're all good. Which do I choose? Well, this, you know, the, the Scripture is not going to address that specifically because they're, they're both good. They're all good. And so now it's that difficulty of choosing between two good things. But which one is best? Which one does God want you to do? Which direction does God want you to take? Which job does God want you to take? And so that struggle, and, and sometimes the voice sounds like the shepherd, but you're trying to trying to dis, distinguish that. Let's go on to the next screen. Beware of a uh, of just an emotional response. Emotional response is 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 a good thing. The Holy Spirit moves in us, on us. There's an emotional response to that. An emotional response gives you the passion to do what God's asking you to do. It gives you that, it's, it's that part of you that says, I'm, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to stay at it. There's an emotional response. This is a good thing. This is a good thing that I'm going to do. This is a good thing that God's asking me to do. And it creates an emotion. There's a feeling to it. That's where, that's where passion comes from. Okay, but beware of just an emotional response because you can get that from two or three or four good things. This is a good thing. This is, so, it, so since it's a good thing, this must be what God wants me to do. Since, since, since this is, I'm emotional about it, so it must be what God wants, wants me to do. Beware of making a decision just on an emotional response. Beware of that. Now, I realize it's, it's better you know, to, to make it's, to make choice between two good things and a good or bad thing, but still, you're trying to find the will of God. So beware of just an emotional response. Too many people have made the decision, God called me to do this or God wants me to do this just because you emotionally wanted to do it. And it was a good thing. But it's not what Jesus said. It's not what God asked you to do. You're listening for that voice. Because there are other voices out there that are pretenders. Okay. Uh, Next screen. I already mentioned this once. A strong impression upon the soul that is consistent and person. Well, how do I, you know, how do I know? A strong impression upon the soul. That is consistent and persistent. Here's the thing. An emotional response to a good thing might last about two weeks. I'm going to say that again just in case you didn't hear that. An emotional response about a good thing that something God might want you to do, a direction God it might be trying to lead you in, might last for about two weeks. And then the emotion wears off. I'm going to tell you something. I was saved when I was seven years old. That's 25 years ago. I have not gotten over it. And I don't want to. I have not gotten over it. It has not left me. It has not gotten weaker. It has gotten stronger. I am not getting weaker with age. I am getting stronger with age. That is right now an emotional response. That's a good one. I've had a lot of emotional responses, but this one has stayed with me. That's what I'm getting at. Just an emotional response about a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But that is not necessarily the will of God for your life. That is not necessarily a calling of God on your life. An emotional response about a good thing is a good thing. But that may not be the voice of the shepherd. It's just you. It's just you. It's good. But it's just you. That doesn't mean it's the voice of the shepherd. The voice of the shepherd is consistent. It will not go against God's word. I hear this all the time. Well, I think God wants me to do so and so, which is plainly against God's word. Me and her prayed about it. And we think, no, you didn't. You just want to do it. You just want to do whatever it is. You just want to do it so bad, you've talked yourself into it. The voice of the devil sounds a whole lot like yours. But it does not match up to God's word. The voice voice of God is a strong impression upon the soul that is consistent with God's word. He will not go against what he has said. He's not going to say something to you that's contrary to what he's already said. That's crazy. That makes him a liar and inconsistent. I don't want a God like that. So a strong impression upon the soul that is consistent and persistent. If you've got time, wait two weeks. Don't ask her to marry you in less than two weeks. Don't ask him to marry you. In less than two weeks. If you can wait on the job. Make the decision. If you can wait two weeks. Almost all simple emotional response. Will, will change. In two weeks. The voice of the master. The voice of the shepherd. Will not stop. Will not stop. When I was uh, called to preach, I kicked that can down the road for three years, probably more than that. But it was that three years that I that I knew. I tried. I keep kept trying to pretend I didn't know. I kept trying to pretend, to, oh, it's just me. But it wasn't just me. Why? He wouldn't give up. He will not give up. So the voice of God is consistent and persistent, and it's more than just an emotional response. Even though emotion will be a part of it, it's consistent and persistent. Now, that's why the four poles are so important. The next one is the circumstances. All right? If God is in it, it will work. If God is in it, it's going to happen. If God is in it, you can't stop it, and so if God is in it, the circumstances will match up. Well, I've looked in God's Word. I I I I think I I think I've lined up with that. In prayer, I'm you know I'm I'm trying. I'm working. I'm I'm still not sure. I'm not sure. You know, am I hearing God's voice? Am I hearing my? Well, so we go on in the four poles to the circumstances. Look. If the door, if God doesn't open the door, it just simply wasn't meant to be. But when God opens the door, now here's where I want you to listen closely. Because the first part I've been, I should have said this, I've been cautioning you. Now I'm going to encourage you. All right? I don't know where you're at. I don't know what this means to you. I don't know what you're trying to decide or what's going on with you. But I want to say this to you. I want to say this to the world. I've been cautioning you now. I want to encourage you. If you've been going through these steps, you're in, you've been in God's word, you're praying, you feel like God's directing you this way, and now this, 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 the circumstances do line up. God is opening the door. I'm convinced if our relationship with the Lord is like a walk, I walk with the Lord, He walks with me. It's, it's like a walk. The pace is quickening. When I look around me, that's that's what I see. The pace is quickening. Now I've been cautioning you. Now I want to encourage you. When you know what God wants you to do. You've been through some of these steps. You know what God wants you to do. Or you're getting real close to it. When the door opens up. When the circumstances, when they align themselves. Do it. Do it. All right. The pace is quickening. And we need to make those decisions to to do what God has has would have for us to do and not sit there and watch. Not sit there and look. Don't sit there and look at an open door of opportunity. Here's the chance. Here's the open door. If you if it lines up with God's word, you've been praying about it, you believe this is what God wants you to do, and now he opens up the door. Go through it, okay? Now, the last one is uh, the church. You say, say, well, well, I'm still not sure. Talk to somebody, okay? Wise, godly counsel. Preferably, talk to somebody who's been there and done that. Whenever I'm up against something, I'll generally always call a pastor who's been before me. They've been through what I am going through now. They've, they've been there, done that. Okay? Find somebody. Talk to them. What do you think? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still not sure, but I want to go back to the encouragement part. The Holy Spirit is dealing with you about something, working with you about something. When you know this is what he wants, act on it. Okay. Act on it. So the four poles are God's Word and prayer and the circumstances and then the the church. What is it that you've been d- dealing with, wrestling with, praying about? Okay. Seek Him. Can continue that search, but but don't stop. I'm going to ask for the band to come on up. We're gonna have our invitation, our our prayer time. I'm gonna ask the congregation to stand, please. I feel like somebody's been searching. I I, I really i spent so much time on prayer because I think that's where some of us are. This is the hinge that turns the door. And you've been praying and you're searching and you're praying and searching. If you need to come this morning and pray, and I want to do this, if someone comes this morning to pray, Let's don't let anybody come to an altar and pray by themselves. Okay. And um, well, I'm just gonna say it like, like this. If you're here this morning and you're searching, you, you don't know what to do, which direction to take, and you'd really like for somebody to pray with you. I mean, it it means that much to you. I I really I want to come and pray because I'd like for someone else to pray with me then you need to come and again let's not let anybody come to an altar and pray and, and not have somebody pray with them But God I, I, I just need an answer I'm, and I want the right one I don't want to make a mistake here God I, I want to do what you want me to do I don't want to do what I want to do what everybody else thinks I should do God, I want to find what you want me to do. And I'm struggling with that. And I need to come and pray. So while the band plays, if you're searching and you need to pray, come and pray.
0: I've carried a burden For too long on my own and I wasn't created To bear it alone I hear your invitation To let it all go father i fall into grace i'm done
1: with the hiding no reason to wait my heart needs a surgeon my soul needs a friend so i run to the father again and again and again and again
0: For redemption, the price for my heart. And I don't have a context for that kind of love. I don't understand, I can't comprehend.
1: Surgeon. A soul needs a friend, so I run to the Father again and again. And- to away my heart needs a surgeon my soul needs a friend so i run to the father again and again i run to the father i fall into grace i'm done with the hiding no reason to wait my heart found a surgeon my soul found a friend So I run to the Father again
2: and have a seat if you would. Uh, Joe and Melody, come on up. Deanna, uh, come on up. Deanna and